wilderness is kind of a crazy place. You see, you walk in this Judean wilderness where John baptized, and you feel the rocks crunch under your feet. And as the wind blows, you can feel every bit of moisture in your skin starting to evaporate. You can feel no real cool breeze that comes along, but hot breezes. You look for bits of life here and there. You look around on the ground, and you might find some sparse little tiny bit of vegetation, but it's pretty paltry. And you wonder how people live in this wilderness. You see, just to the east of this picture is the Jordan, and just to the west is Jerusalem. But in the middle, there's not a lot. It's not a lot because as you walk around and you look at these valleys that are low and you look at these crooked places that you wish were made straight and you look at the sand when you find it because more often than not it feels like you're walking on hot cement, you wonder how somebody could be in this area. And we hear those words from Isaiah that in the wilderness a voice cries out to prepare the way of the Lord, that all valleys would be lifted up, that all hills would be made low, that all rough places would be made plain, and all crooked areas would be made straight. And then you look across this landscape, and you say, how? How could that ever happen in a place like this? How could that happen? And maybe you've walked in a wilderness like this. Maybe, maybe you haven't, but maybe you've walked in a different wilderness, and it looks more like this. Maybe you've walked in a wilderness like this, where you still sit in the sands of shame, sifting the sins through your fingers, wondering where there's life, and wherever you find it, it's still a little paltry, wondering where there's some sort of straight place because everything seems a little crooked. Everything seems dark. You can't find a way out. And it's a different wilderness for sure. But it's still a wilderness. It's a wilderness where you find yourself alone. It's a wilderness where you find yourself searching for some sort of way to get out, praying for somebody to come along and say something. Praying for somebody to come along and say, here, here's a word of life. Let me prepare a way for you. Because you see, in, in this wilderness, your heart starts to feel like your feet do in the other wilderness. Broken, hot, tired, sore. And there's hurt in both wildernesses. There's loneliness in both wildernesses. There's, there's a place where you find yourself just waiting for somebody to come along because you see we find ourselves in these wildernesses when something is brought before us where we realize our words have hurt somebody when you see that look on a loved one's face where their face just falls and you wish you could grab the words out of the air and pull them back so that they wouldn't have been heard we find ourselves in a wilderness like this when we look at the law of our god as well 
this good and gracious expectation for God's creation, and we see who we are when we stand before it, and we say, God, what do I do? How do I return? See, we hear those words of Malachi echo in John's proclamation, right? As John's walking through that wilderness saying, repent, be baptized. And in that time of great kings, in that time of powerful people who were leading, maybe not always justly, but had power over everything. John proclaims a word of another king to come, a Messiah to come who's more powerful than any of those guys who were listed in that time of John's proclamation. And the people come to John and they say, what do we, what do, we do? Where do we go? We've heard the words of Isaiah that a Messiah is coming to change things, and we've heard the words of Malachi who say return, but we want to know how do we return? What, what is going on in this place as you point out our shame and call us a brood of vipers, John? How could we ever do anything? And John continues to say there's one coming, right? But listen to who John says is coming. There's one coming with judgment and fire and the Holy Spirit as well, but one mightier than any of those kings, mightier than he himself who people are seeing as a prophet of God. John's saying, watch out. Now, we can look back and see a different Messiah, right? But that judgment still came just didn't come for you. See, a judgment that Jesus brought looks a little different. And as we hear our text next week as well and start to move into that time a little bit later, we'll hear how it was a little bit different and how John questioned who this Messiah was as well. But as we find ourselves in those moments where we know we have run away from God, we find ourselves asking the same question as those who were baptized by John. What, what do we do? Now, the only thing John had to offer right away was turning around from the life they were in to live a different life, and it was still upon their shoulders, right? But you see, Jesus brings something a little bit different because his judgment looks a little bit more like this. As he says, I see where you're at in your wilderness. I see where you're at in that loneliness. I see where you're at in that darkness. And I see where you're at in those crooked places. And I want to make them straight for you. I see where you're at in the rough places. And I want to make them plain. And the judgment that I bring is a judgment of mercy. You see, the judgment that Jesus brings does happen because our God is a just God. But he takes that judgment upon his own shoulders for you. And instead of coming in and saying, you know what, you got to prepare yourself and get yourself right before I'm going to have mercy on you, he says, I'm going to have mercy on you and give you strength. And I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to carry you as I take upon the judgment that should have landed on your shoulders, but it doesn't going to land on mine. 
A judgment of fire, I'll take. Because our sin gets judged. Those dark places get judged. And Christ lifts us up and walks with us and holds onto us and sends his Holy Spirit within our lives and says, here, this is what it looks like to have a Messiah. This is what it looks like to have one who goes before God to make peace for you. See, because our peace, a lot of times, we want to just have maybe less conflict. We want to have some sort of peace to where we're not dealing with hard things. We want to have some sort of peace to where those crooked places just maybe don't exist. But God says, no, you know what? The peace that I bring is actually going to make things complete. So what I'm going to do is go before you. And in the same way that John prepares the world for Christ, Christ goes before God to prepare for us. And as Christ goes to that cross and hangs on that cross and carries our sin and our darkness and our loneliness and our crooked places to that cross, he then hands over the smooth and the straight and the plain. And he hands that over to us as that free gift. And instead of saying, what do we do to be right before God, our only question then gets to be, thank you for making us right before God. What do I get to do for my neighbor? What do I get to do for all those who are around me? What do I get to do for everyone just to say, thanks? And that's where we can hear John's words again. Where John says, keep doing what you were doing as far as work but do it as one loved by God. Do it as one who does all of your work for the glory of God, to the glory of God. And where John's call was to repent because there was a judgment coming and you had to be right, Christ's call is, I've been judged for you, so go live in the love that I give. And so now we walk. We walk in smooth places that everybody else sees as deep valleys and crooked because we know they've been made complete by God. We walk through the death of a family member with joy because we know of the love that God has for us. We walk through the confusion of unemployment and all of the times in which things hurt and are chaotic because we see the love of God for us. And we know that one has walked before us to make these paths straight holds on to our hand and guides us through life and calls us to share that love with one another. In his name, amen. Would you please rise as we have an opportunity to sing and or pray briefly. Heavenly Father, thank you for the peace which you have made possible through Christ in his death and life and resurrection that have made things complete before you. You then send us out into the world to proclaim that same peace. Not something that we can make happen, but something that you make happen through your church. Be with us as we go. Let all that we do glorify you, knowing that peace has been accomplished and is sure and true in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.